You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! Okay, we're on episode 20. So, thank you so much for listening. So, today's episode is about one of the scariest times I've ever had in my 30 years of traveling. And it is lucky that I am still alive, to be honest. So this episode, we'll be talking about a truck accident that I was in in the mountains in, in, in Ethiopia. However, before we crack on to that, let's just have a little recap on the podcast journey you're on with me as well. So very exciting. Up to 58 countries my listeners are from. That is just amazing. Or almost uh, at the 76 countries, which is the amount I've been to, which is kind of one of my one of my goals, I guess. So yeah, thanks guys. You're awesome. And the top five countries this week stayed the same. USA, number one. Canada, number two. Great Britain, number three. France, number four. And India, number five. Although Israel and Poland are just behind. <laughs> And the review of the week is, uh, it's uh, from Mama Laps. It's a five-star review. Thank you. It says, love it. Super amazing podcast with the best host. Highly, highly recommend it. Well, thank you, Mama Labs. You're awesome too. <laughs> and on this episode, we will be covering... Only about 150 miles, but it was a crazy 150 miles, which is now taking us up to 11,300 miles on this 30,000 mile journey. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off in the last episode. And obviously, if you're just catching this as your first episode, then yeah, join me on episode one and come along for the whole trip. Okay, so it's day 122 and I'm still traveling with my friend Casey, who I left with. It was his trip, his idea that he talked me into this. <laughs> Probably for another month or so that we're still traveling together. Anyways, so after a horrendous night for my previous episode of being covered in bed bugs and flea bites, freaking out and having uh, to walk, like buy a bucket of water and wash in this decrepit old shed that didn't have an attached door with cockroaches uh, scuttling around my feet. And then getting back to the room and being kept up till two in the morning with blaring music. It's great. <laughs> so we were up at 5.30. So needless to say, not much sleep at all. And back then in Ethiopia, especially up there, up north Ethiopia in the mountains, there literally was like one big flatbed truck that left a day. That was it. You either got on it and went somewhere else or you stayed put. So we get on this truck and like I said, it's like, I don't know, they're like two bed or two ton flatbed trucks. There must have been, I don't know, between 65 to 75 people packed on the back of this truck. Like the only room 
you had like so I was on the far back left corner sitting on my backpack that's all the room you had <laughs> and Casey was on the opposite so he's in the right hand back corner sitting on his backpack now of, like I'm super tired and everything and so yeah we left just after 5 30 and I had just thrown like a jacket over my head because it's so dusty as well so you get super dirty and then on my these bites I had, which I was covered in, they were starting to get infected as well. So that's not good, especially with my rare blood illness, because any kind of external infection can go bad fast, like as in turning to septicemia. So I was also worried about that. Anyways, and I had back, like I had my uh, Walkman on, because remember, this is back in 1993 in May. So it was the old tape cassettes and, you know, Walkman. So I had my headphones on, jacket over my head and very bumpy road because it's all just dirt roads obviously and the roads are really narrow like and the mountains are high the mountains are between three probably three and a half to five four and a half thousand meters and the roads are super narrow of course very windy there's no guardrails <laughs> that's crazy uh but they're so narrow like barely a truck like two vehicles could pass each other basically like one coming one way the other coming another way they literally had to pull right over to the side of the mountain to, for that to happen so we're traveling along for hours and hours and i was sitting beside two young local guys pretty nice not many i don't know if anyone even spoke english on the truck and as i've said in the last episode like there was hardly any <laughs> like no westerners about especially that part of ethiopia because it Back then, it was illegal to cross into land into Ethiopia. You had to fly in, but then you could travel and leave by land, but you can come in by land. And we we're coming from Eritrea. I don't know, six hours or so later, I, I kind of came up from for air. <laughs> so I took the coat off, off my head and took my, my headphones out and just kind of had a look around. And we were on this really steep part of the mountain. And the, the, we just came around this corner. Truck went to change gears. And nothing happened. Like, it was like a clunk and nothing happened. Next thing you know, we are starting to, like, roll back very quickly. And and it's just, it's yeah, like I said, it's about three and a half thousand meters sheer drop off either the side or the end of the road, like the mountain. I'm just like, oh, my God. Also, on top of the truck, there's two roll bars. So the highest roll bar, I would say it was at least eight to ten feet off the ground high. So once we start rolling back and picking up speed, like panic started setting into everyone and people were scrambling and uh, two guys jumped off the side of the truck. And I'm like, I just, my, my gut just said, get off the truck because I was convinced that this thing was going over and everyone would be dead. So I'm on top of the roll bar. Now, there's only about five to six feet at the side of the road. So even if you jump, you got to nail it. Otherwise, you're going to bloody go off the, the side of the cliff. <laughs> just like oh my god so just as i was about to jump a guy jumped ahead of me but he jumped directly behind the truck and i watched him get run over and he literally had like broke his leg like the bone was come like his femur bone was coming through his jeans like it was brutal so i'm like okay it won't do that so i just gotta nail the side and honestly it felt like i was in the air for 10 minutes so I jumped and I just knew I had to try and land with like with on my feet. So I managed to do that, but of course my my legs kicked out after like my feet kicked out for me. 
and like cracked my head on the road and really cut my back open. But as I'm laying there, I turned and luckily, oh my gosh, the, the driver had some sense about him and he drove into the side of the mountain and rolled the truck to stop it with maybe 25, 30 feet till the end of the road. And Casey, like I said, he was on the the right side corner and I was in the back corner. And that's where all the weight went. Like I could see my backpack just get crushed. The two guys, young guys, like early 20s sitting next to me got like the truck rolled on them. Like the roll bars, they're underneath that. So they had all that weight on them. Uh, people are just like screaming and crying and it's just crazy. Like there's, you know, 70 people, 75 people just going, you know, nuts. Plus there's this guy in the road with his broken legs, like stick, like leg boats sticking through. But Casey hadn't seen me jump off. And like I said, all the weight was right on that corner where I was sitting. So I, I, I was just frozen. Like I was just in shock and I couldn't even say anything. And I was quite a far up, like probably 50 feet in front of where the truck landed. So I, I see Casey and he's like, like, he's screaming for me. He's trying to like, you know, move people to see where the hell I am. And he finally like, cause where I should have been, I wasn't there. So he was like looking all over and then he finally saw me up the road and he came running up. Oh my God. Like, and like, we just hugged each other and started crying and I was shaking and oh my God, it was just brutal. Like I, uh, yeah. And even talking about it now, like it's tw whatever, 20 odd years later, it still is, yeah, like it's clear as a bell. So after a couple of minutes, we went back to the truck to try and help people. And I knew CPR. So I, like I went to the two guys sitting next to me first. And the one guy, I mean, he had blood coming out of his nose, his ears, like, and he sadly, he died. And then the second guy, you know, I was checking his pupils. I was, you know, trying to talk to him. And he died about 20 minutes later. Uh, it was just so, so sad. And like, if, yeah, if I hadn't jumped off, I would have been dead, 100%. Or if I had still had my headphones on and the, the coat over my head, I wouldn't even know what was happening. Like, I would have been dead. Count my lucky stars and listening to your gut is so important. <laughs> Always listen to your gut. Anyway, so then I went to the guy with the broken leg. You know, there's lots of other people with minor injuries. And Casey got the his first aid kit. So we were literally putting like band-aids on people with gashes or because we didn't know what to do. And, and no one spoke English either. So it was pretty tricky. The, so, yeah, so I went to the guy with the broken leg and, you know, just trying to stabilize it. And, you know, I was asking people to try and find sticks or something like that so I could wrap it up and keep it, you know, semi-stable. So all the men kind of righted, like they rocked the truck and then they righted the truck back up. And then they started carrying the injured people back on the truck. And then all the women and children got on. And then they were telling us to get back on the truck. I was like, no way am I getting back on that truck. Are you kidding me? Like the brakes just went. Like, no way. So we didn't know what to do, like, because we're in the middle. Now it's like midday, hot African blazing sun on us. We had no water left. We didn't even know how far the next village was or town or anything. And then people just started walking up, like the ones that didn't get back on the truck, they just started walking down the road. And so I guess, like, Casey and I are like, well, I guess that's what we're going to have to do. But honestly, it was like, I don't know how 
how long I can do this case because I was exhausted from the night before. My illness was kicking in. My head and my back started hurting like once the adrenaline went down. And my backpack weighed about 22 kilos. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how far I can walk, man. But there was even nowhere to camp or anything like that. Like we're in the mountains. So we just kind of started off. And then these, my two little saviors, these two little like young cat, like literally they're about 14 or 15 cattle boys, because it works kind of like shepherds, just came up over the ridge. <laughs> they climbed up the mountain, over the ridge and they saw what happened. And they they kind of, I think they spoke a little bit of English and they were like, oh, we'll show you a shortcut. Come with us. And now a quick sponsor break. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. ManyRoadsTravel.com forward slash insurance, double L in traveled, and don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> okay, now back to the show. And don't forget, please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use, and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries, so go check them out. ManyRoadsTravel.com forward slash insurance, double L in traveled, and don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Well, then they just start going straight, like rather than going the road, which goes around the mountains, they start just going like up, I don't know, a goat trail or something. So it's even more narrow and steep because you're going straight up and it was very rocky and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die again. <laughs> This is, you know, I've got this 50-pound backpack on my back, too. So, bless. One of the guys, the boys, he 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 took my backpack. He he wore my backpack for me. Casey kind of split up his backpack. So, I put some of his stuff in a day pack, and the other guy carried that for him. And then, after walking about half an hour or so, we came across literally a puddle on the road. And uh, with my water filter, we were able to get some drink some clean water. So after that, I felt a little bit better. So yeah, I think we, we walked for at least two hours to the next little village. And we did not have any money either. Like we had like 31 beer, which is the local currency, which was equivalent to about $4. Because <laughs> we were planning going to the bank when we got to Gondar, the next big town. So I, I had a baseball hat. So I gave that to my guy. And he was thrilled. Like, he was so happy. <laughs> he was very wearing that with pride. So, but I don't know what I would have done without those two guys, those two boys that help us, man. It was just crazy. Like, I was still still in shock thinking how close I was to, to dying and then felt, you know, really sad for the two young guys that died. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways, we get to this next village. And, of course, you know, everyone had heard about the accident so we're waiting there for a couple hours. Luckily, some nice ladies came over and gave us some tea. And, you know, they were giving like condolent, like half hugs and like, are you OK? Kind of thing. And so, yeah, about two hours later, this truck rolls up, which looks exactly the same as the, the truck we were just on. And they're just like, herded everyone back on this truck. And so, again, it's just jam packed. And me and Casey were just like, I don't we just did not want to get on this truck because we we kind of thought it might have been the same truck as well. You know, I'd gone to the next village, dropped off those people and came back, which is probably what it was. 
But we had no choice. It was like, well, we stay in this little village with no money and nowhere to stay or we get out of the truck and suck it up. So that's what we did. But like I said, it was jam-packed. And we didn't get to sit this time. So we're Casey and I were just standing beside each other overlooking this, you know, 4,000-meter drop for 45 minutes. And I just kept thinking, like, I can't do that again. <laughs> like, so you just sleep thinking of an escape plan. And I, and I just was like, I can't do it again. Yeah, so I just kept thinking, please breaks, don't break <laughs> again. <laughs> so we left Berber, which is this little village, and headed to uh, Daburg, uh, a bigger town. Well, it's still pretty small. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it took us about an hour to get there of just being, like I said, looking down at this this drop and just freaking out, basically. But we did it, and we got to Daburg, and again, like everyone knew what had happened and like I said we were the only two westerners there possibly the only two westerners that they'd seen for a long time too <laughs> so we found a hotel and like I said we had 31 beer like b-i-r-r the Ethiopian currency and our we found a hotel which was 20 beer and then it was 11 beer for us to get the truck to Gondar which is was a couple hours and that was like the biggest town so we had zero money for food but luckily, the two ladies who ran the hotel were just so sweet. They brought us some boiled eggs and some tea and just lots of TLC. <laughs> and then Casey, he cleaned and sterilized my back because, like I said, it had a massive graze on there. And I had a huge goose egg on my head when my head cracked on the road, as well as I probably had a little bit of whiplash on my neck, too. Then I got my period as well. <laughs> so happy days. <laughs> Anyways, we ate, we went to, like, went to sleep at 4 p.m. and woke up at 8 a.m. Because we, it was just, like, yeah, like I said, it was just a ridiculously crazy day. And I was just so thankful. Because all I kept thinking about at, during that whole time was my family receiving a telegram from the Canadian Embassy saying, your daughter's body, it's on, it's on its way. Like, she died in a truck accident. That just would have been brutal. But anyways, I'm not particularly religious, but I definitely had some guardian angels looking out for me that day, for sure. Especially, as well as sending the two boys, too, to help us. Anyway, so on day 123, that was all one day. <laughs> felt like about a week. Yeah, so we got up, like I said, we got up at eight. And again, the ladies brought us some, some breakfast for free, too, bless them. And yeah, went to the bus station, and we waited for about an hour. We used up the rest of our money. And it was literally like a rugby scrum to get on this bus to get a seat because there's just so many people jammed. Like you got huge elbows. Oh my God. Casey, I luckily got a two seater out of like two seats out of a three seat on the bus. But I was at the first, I, I was in the aisle because it, it was so, like even people were standing in the aisle, like it was packed. And again, first thing I think, okay, escape route. How do, how do I get out of here? anything happens but after about an hour because people were leaning on me and my back was really sore my head and neck and it, so luckily Casey changed seats with me so I had the middle seat because I was about to lose it <laughs> so that was a bit better and then it took like about four, I think four hours to get to Gondar from there so we got to Gondar and two guys met us uh, at the bus station Indushat and Daniel and they took us to find a cheap hotel, which was only four beer a night. Then we went to go to the bank because, you know, we're like, we need some money, man. 
Now, of course, by the time we got to Gondar, it, the banks were closed. It was a Friday and they weren't open until Monday. So I was like, awesome. Luckily, Casey had $20 in cash, which was the last of his cash. So he changed that, although we got a crappy rate. We only got five beer to the dollar rather than seven and a half beer, which we had been getting. We, yeah, we got our hotel room, which is called Cinema Hotel, which was, you know, it's fine. You know, our usual cheap and dingy. <laughs> and then Daniel took us to a government restaurant and we had like our first meal in proper meal in days. And they had spaghetti, which was super nice. It was like, oh, I'm like bear tray again, which is great food. So, yeah, so we had dinner. And then he, Daniel, who was like this, I, I had my doubts about him. Again, gut instinct. Casey really liked him. But he was kind of like a 27-year-old, kind of a washout who looked about 47. <laughs> Definitely Mr. Party Animal. So after dinner, he took us to somewhere where he could buy chut, which chut is this plant, which is very, very popular in Ethiopia, and Rastas use it as well. So you just chew on these leaves, and you kind of get um like you get a buzz off of it, like a rush. But you're not supposed to swallow any of that because it can make you sick. So we went back to our room, got a couple Pepsis, and went back to our room and chewed chut. <laughs> for a couple hours i didn't get a buzz at all and just felt sick <laughs> so didn't really do it for me and then daniel took us to this so in Ethiopia, there's these places there's houses and they'd have flags outside their house and the yellow flags meant chemical tej the white flags meant natural tej yeah so tej is a honey wine it's like a mead and it is very popular in Ethiopia and Eritrea. And the alcohol content is usually between 7 to 11%. It's usually just made out of three ingredients, which is honey, water, and a medicinal shrub called gesho. But I guess one of the, if you got a chemical one, it had some other chemical in there. I don't know what it was. We tended to go for the natural ones. And you just go into people's like homes. <laughs> it's their, their front room is kind of, they turn into a bar. And then the, the Tej is served. It almost looks like, um, like chemistry beakers. <laughs> like when you get chemistry class, these beakers. So like wide bottoms and then, you know, very thin, narrow tops. It's very bizarre. But the it was quite tasty, actually, <laughs> especially the natural ones. We did try chemical one. No, it did taste chemically. So the natural ones were pretty good. So, yeah, so we're just drinking Tej. <laughs> See, we're very responsible with our $20, right? Uh, <laughs> so we had a, co a couple beakers of those. And then Daniel's like, oh, we got to come check out this disco party house. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> So we go there, and again, it's someone's house, which but they've tinfoiled the front room and have lights, like Christmas lights, hanging down. And then the music is blaring out of, like, you know, 90s ghetto blaster, but it's very tinny African music. And lots of drunk people and who can't dance at all, which I was surprised at. <laughs> There's like no rhythm. I'm like, what is going on? Anyways, we stayed there. So we had a couple of Ethiopian joints, uh, which was quite nice. And then about one o'clock, I was like, okay, I am exhausted. I'm crashing. So uh, I, th I think I just went by myself in case he stayed out with Daniel. But anyways, I think that is a wrap for this episode. It's exhausting just talking about it. <laughs> 
So to hear if I was right about Daniel or Casey was, and oh my gosh, there's more to come. Trust me, Ethiopia, and find out what happened to us in Gondar. Check in to next Thursday's episode. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Okay, so tip number one would have to be <laughs> listen to your gut. It is always right. And if I hadn't listened to mine, I wouldn't be here right now. So especially when you're traveling, listen to your gut for sure. And maybe uh, when you're in transport, <laughs> look for an escape plan. You never know when you might need one. Okay, tip number two. Now, the mountains I'm talking about are called the Simeon Mountains. And you can do apparently like beautiful hikes up there. I mean, it is beautiful country. Like I forgot to mention that. <laughs> but yeah, I, so you can do like three-day hikes. And also the Simi Mountains were given a UNESCO World Heritage badge or whatever it is uh, in 1979. And so if you go for the hikes, you will see lots of baboons and other wildlife, especially Galada monkeys. And for three days, you're looking at at least $170 US, but that's for four to six people. And if you book it in Gondar. So definitely, I've heard lots of great things about, uh, you know, those hikes. So you can check that out. Obviously, it'll be on the website too, info on that. And then tip number three, listen to my last episode to learn about visas and stuff like that for Ethiopia. So the daily budget for a backpacker budget is probably around 35 US dollars a day. Obviously, if you book more tours and stuff like that and travel by, you know, flying, then it'll be more. And then my tip for women is, well, Ethiopia is fairly safe and you don't have to worry too much about dress code. Obviously, just dress respectfully, you know, not short little mini skirts and showing too much skin. <laughs> probably be a lot easier in your life for sure. Ethiopia is a patriarchal society, so you'll probably still get some kind of sexist comments and things like that. Also, I'm not sure if the staring is as to the degree as it was back then when I was there, because it was crazy. It was like, I felt like I was a number one Hollywood blockbuster star. <laughs> they just didn't see many Westerners and, you know, and or white people there for 30 years because of the war. So be prepared for that. And don't forget, please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L and traveled. And don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Okay, so I think that is a bit, sorry, I think that's a wrap for this episode. So make sure you subscribe, please, and you leave your reviews uh, on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, all you have to do is scroll down that page of mine and go to ratings and reviews and then click on that. And then you can leave a review, which would be awesome. And I'll give you a shout out. Okay, so we'll see you next Thursday. And like always, you can find more info on my website, manyroadstravel.com. Okay, so until next Thursday, safe travels, one road at a time. <laughs>